Well, I tell you what, I guess all we have to do is say, hey, after church, we're having a barbecue truck here and throwing down a big party, and people show up. So welcome. <laughs> if you didn't know that, you're getting barbecue after this. So we're going to have a truck here. It's going to be great. It's going to be really casual. We have our building here that you can kind of come in and out of, but of course, there's the park across the street. Uh, of course, I don't need to say this, but Parents, please watch your kids as you go across the street. We are downtown. So we're going to hang out afterwards, and it's going to be great. Stay as long as you want. Let's party and play. The weather's great, and this is a good day for it. So welcome to Church Project. If you're a first-time guest here, we're excited that you're here. We're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. We're a church. But we're also a project. Raise your hand if you're a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so we, we partner with Effective Ministries. We have ministry partnerships. We have house churches, and we have our Sunday gatherings. We're trying to be the church the best that we can, but I'm going to promise you one thing. I'm going to let you down, and I'm going to hurt you at some point. Sorry. And I know that you will as well. It won't be our intentions, but we're the church and we're human and we're trying to be more like God every day. And so let's be patient with each other as we lock eyes with Jesus and say, God, help us work through some of these relationships because sometimes relationships just stay, straight up stink, right? They're hard to work through. But we're the church, we're in this together and we're gonna work through it together. So I'm excited to see what God's gonna do with us today. Um, I, we, if you've been part of Church Project for a while, we do expository teaching. We go verse by verse through, through a book. We just got out of the book of Acts that we were in for two and a half years. And I think collectively we all said, let's take a break for a second. And so we're looking at the parables of Jesus and it's been a lot of fun. And so the parable we're gonna look at today is a parable uh, in, of the growing seed and it's three whopping verses. You can open up your version app and follow along with your notes. But Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29, is what we're going to look at today. And I want to remind us of a few things about the parables as we look at the parables. They're the teachings of Jesus Christ. And a few things we need to keep in mind as we do this is parables were Jesus' preferred way of teaching. Like a third of his teaching that we read about in scriptures was parables. He kind of likes stories. He kind of likes things to make sense because he knows he's talking to people like me, right? He, like, okay, Aaron, I'm going to make it really clear for you. Listen up. Like, it's the parables. I also want to remind us that as we read these parables, Jesus' original intent must be our goal in reading this. Like, God, what were you saying? Jesus, were you saying to the original people? And what was your original message? Because that's the same message you have for us today. It was the early church. And context is important, but we're not going to make parables just mean what they mean to us today. We need to know what Jesus was saying and how that applies to our life today. So that's a good reminder. And another one is this. Jesus taught in parables because they were so effective. Like there was a point. And so today, when you get that point, and if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, you will get the point of the parable today. When you get that point, my prayer is that you go, gosh, God, I surrender my life to your lordship. If that means I need to adjust my actions or my thoughts or whatever it may be, like, God, I want to hear who you are, and I want to align to who you say I should be in you. And so my prayer is that when the Holy Spirit prompts you today, which he will, that we would be vulnerable enough to go, God, thank you. 
I receive that today in my own life. So is that a deal as we look at this parable? I'm gonna pray this prayer over us and it's in Psalms 25 verses four and five. And this is my prayer. God, show me your way. Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Amen. Okay, let's look at this parable. Um, And again, it's in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 uh, through 29. We'll we'll read it in a second. I want to ask you this. Have you ever had moments when you hope the person you were interacting with would, find, would not find out you're a Christian? Anyone been on that sales call and you're just ripping them up? You're like, oh wait, I hope they don't find out I'm a Christian. Have you ever, have you ever had that because you're embarrassed by your actions? Has that ever happened to you? That's why our church project stickers don't say church project, it's just CP. And we, because <laughs> I've seen some of you drive. The moment where you're like, well, I blew that. (laughs) I blew that. I had good intentions. It didn't quite go so well. They will never come to know Christ because of my craziness that I just unleashed on them. Have you ever had that thought? You're like, it wasn't quite exactly what I think Jesus wanted me to live my life for. Um, (laughs) And God, I know you said last shall be first and first shall be last, but not on I-25 because that car is not cutting in front of me, uh-uh. You ever had those moments where you're like, maybe I should have done that differently. And you kind of question, like, maybe my actions actually are pulling someone away from God. And it's like, well, that's a heavy weight, man. That's a super heavy weight to think you cut someone off at I-25 and they're not gonna come to know God and enter heaven. Like, <laughs> that's a heavy weight to carry. Have you ever, ever carried those, though? You regret an action, whatever that may be? For anyone who feels your actions aren't always pointing others to Christ, this parable's for you. So I would say this parable's for us. Unless you live like Jesus and you're just perfect. Like if anyone has ever felt like your actions aren't pointing others to Christ, this is your parable today. So let's read it because it's three verses. Mark chapter four, verses 26 and 29. He said, this is Jesus again, he said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Sometimes I like to take objects and I like to look at them from a different angle and get a different perspective on it. And I think it's really good to do that for scripture too. And so I wanna, I wanna take these three verses and look at it from a different angle and look at the message translation of this. And so if you don't have it, you can maybe just close your eyes and think about this. But this is the different angle, different words at the same parable. And this is what it says in the message version. Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a seed thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed sprouts and grows. He has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First the green stem of grass, then the bud, then the ripened grain. When the grain is fully formed, he reaps harvest time. Yeah, what a good way to look at this. 
I want to give us a little bit of context of the, about this parable because it's so important. Um, Jesus has been talking with the Pharisees, and you can look at the previous verses and the parables that just came from this. Jesus was talking with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, you know, the professional pastors, the people who have got it all together. Jesus is talking to them about the future kingdom, like what's going to come. If you were here last week, Ryan spoke on the parable of the three types of soils and which one would provide the, the most fruit, what type of soil. And you can listen to that podcast. He did a great job with that. As the good news message of Jesus is being explained, the question arises by these professional Christians. <clears throat> and here's the question, and this is why he's given the parable. He says, how much of my diligence, it's the, the Pharisees asking this, and we can ask the same question. How much of my diligence, my determination, my skill, my passion, my education, and so on, so on, is needed to produce fruit in the lives of others? You see, it's a crazy question to think. How much of me and what I do and what I bring and how I pursue produces fruit in the lives of others? And that's what the Pharisees are asking Jesus. Another thing in context here is this, this is found, this parable is found only in Mark. It's not found in Matthew or Luke, and some wise, smart people propose that it's not found in Luke because Luke decided to leave it out because if you look at the essence of Luke, Luke is really talking about doing and being, and so he's like, wait, this might fly a little bit in the face of doing and being, and so we're just not going to leave, put this one in here. Fun little fact there. And I want to make a point about this parable. God uses humans, he uses us, flesh and blood, everyone in this room. He uses you and I to spread the message, the good news message. He's using us for that. After that, after the message is taken, wherever it may go, to our places and spaces, to our schools, wherever it may be, because we take Christ everywhere that we go. We're the priesthood of the saint. He's alive in us. The Holy Spirit's moving in us. As he uses us to take that message to those places, our job is complete. The rest is up to the Holy Spirit. Now play with me, because some of you are wrestling through theology and you're thinking about this. Play with me, this is gonna be good here. Our job, God uses us as the people that are taking the message and the rest is up to the Holy Spirit. Good reminder as we look at this is that we are living in a spiritual battle. For our lives and for this world, we're living in a spiritual battle. And so I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Like the battle is beyond the flesh and blood. It's moved into the spiritual world, and we need God, we need the Holy Spirit to fight, to move, and to do the things that we cannot do. How powerful and how prideful are you and I? God is moving and doing incredible things. The cool news is he's inviting us to be the vessels that he's moving through, but we should never think that because we're just that good looking or that smart that that's why that person came to know God. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So here's the application of this, of this parable. What is the job of the Holy Spirit and what is my job? And as Christians, we should be asking this, like, what's, what's my job and what's the Holy Spirit's job? 
I can tell you this, as, as I pastored for 20 years and sat with a lot of people over uh, wrestling with a lot of stuff, I am a terrible Holy Spirit. I really stink at being the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm just not good at it. I've determined, like, hey, people are going to do what people want to do. And we need to trust that God is growing his church. And God is the Holy Spirit that's prompting change in each and every one of us. So I've learned I can sit here with all the passion in the world and preach a great message, by the way, filled with truth and hope and love. But if your heart is not open to receive it, and you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, ain't nothing going to happen in this room except I used a lot of really good words. So it's up to each and every one of us. I'm not a good Holy Spirit. As Christians, we're not looking for Aaron Havens to be the Holy Spirit. It would be terrible. We're listening to the Holy Spirit right now, each and every one of us, through these words, through the worship. And as we go to our house churches and wherever we go, we're relying on the Holy Spirit to move. Why? Because this battle <clears throat> is not flesh and blood. It's in the spiritual realms. We need God to move in our lives, people. You agree? Amen. I cannot care for your marriage more than you care for your marriage. I cannot give you direction in life more than you're seeking God for direction in your life. And reverse, if I'm coming to you and I'm asking for advice, which I do often because <laughs> I'm kind of messed up, you better ask me if I first have asked God what to do in this scenario. And don't try to woo me with your wisdom and knowledge and your instruction. Ask if I'm seeking God, because I'm asking the same thing of you. Is that a good agreement? Yeah, that's a great agreement as brothers and sisters, that we are trusting the Holy Spirit in each other is what it comes down to. I'm going to say that again, because that's sick. Some of us are trying to act like Holy Spirits here. I'm trusting that God's the Holy Spirit in your life, just like you're trusting the Holy Spirit in my life. It's not up to me to change you. Except to the Holy Spirit. Hey, breathe. Like, come on. That just relieved a lot of our stress of, oh, no, I'm going to help them because they're struggling. That feels good, doesn't it? Jesus has already done it. The Holy Spirit's already teaching and prompting, and we got to trust each other that we're listening to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in our life. Yeah, amen, good. That's good all day. Philippians 1, verse 6, in the message version again, says this. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it, bringing it to a flourishing finish on the way that on, to, on, on, on the very day Jesus appears. And I go, Amen. What God started in me, whether you believe it or not, is going to be brought to completion. You can't stop it. Yeah. And what God has started in you. I can't stop it. God is going to bring it to completion, and that is good news. I don't know how you sit here today. I don't know if you feel defeated, if you feel depressed, whatever's going on in your life. The promise that we're looking at in Scripture is what God started in you, he's going to finish. So that dark day you're looking at, and you, the thing you're worried about, the thing that's giving you anxiety, breathe. By the way, I had to go to a coffee shop this morning and breathe myself. I'm like, I, I'm anxious. Okay, God, you're good. We got this. Isn't this a good message? This is such a good parable. Jesus is asked, out of all your teaching, Jesus, 
What is the most important thing? And we know in Mark 12, verse 30 and 31, love God and love others. Out of everything Jesus teaches, this is the most important thing. Love God and love others. And here I say, welcome to the tension of being a Christian. Loving God and loving others. Because it's easy to take the weight of others upon yourself, right? And it's easy to cast your weight on other people. Loving God and loving others. Being a witness, the tension of being a witness and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and teach. You feel that tension? I do, every day. Being a witness, well, I shouldn't have cut them off at I-25 because they'll never come to know God. Okay, I gotta trust the Holy Spirit that they're gonna come to know God. Like the tension that we live in as Christians, another tension, pursuing our own holiness and trusting God is doing the same in other people. And I, and I can say it this way, here's, here's tension in scripture even. One of my favorite scriptures is Hebrews 10, 24. Let us spur each other on to love and good deeds. That sounds like a lot of action, right? Let us spur each other on. That sounds painful. The tension of John 12, 32. Realizing God says he will draw others to himself. Whoa. So God, do you need me to draw others to yourself? You're doing all the work, but you say spur each other on to love and good deeds, and herein lies the dance, and herein lies the tension, where it's like we get to be the vessel, but don't you ever think that the vessel has the power to change. It's the Holy Spirit. God is drawing people to himself. We get to love God and love others, and at times we get to spur each other on to love and good deeds, all along knowing where the power comes from, and it's not in a powerful message. It's in the one that brought the message and why the message exists. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 7 says this, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And all of Christ's people say, amen. I'm excited to be a jar of clay. I'm excited to take this love message wherever I go. But I hope you never encounter me on the day where I'm so full of pride that I think I have your answer. Woe is me and woe is you if we have a conversation that day. We gotta trust in who God is. Today is such a freeing passage. Breathe easy, brothers and sisters, because the gospel message is really pretty easy. We get to join, join God in what he's doing, but we should never carry the weight of what he's doing. He died on the cross for that. He's pretty powerful. I mean, I drove to Estes and saw what he made. It's pretty good. I couldn't make that. So why would we try to change the world around us, carry that weight? We get the joy to do that. That's the essence of this passage. And that's the tension of being a Christian pursuing our own holiness 
And when God says, change, and the Holy Spirit's prompting us, we say, God, I believe you, and I surrender my life to your lordship. I come under you as my lord. And when we notice that we're just a bit outside that, and his Holy Spirit guides us, we go, oh, God, I align myself under your lordship. I want to be more like you every single day. And if we can do that, and we can encounter each other in those days, we have great conversations, because we're focused on eternal things not on the temporal. Yesterday I had the, uh, how many of you know what this is? All right, some of you know what this is. It's clean, by the way, okay? Uh, this is Grandpa Haven's candy bag that he carried around for many years, and he would offer us candy, right? You want candy? I'm not going to throw it out, okay? No, he didn't throw it, no. But this is Grandpa Haven's candy bag. Yesterday I had the great honor of um, officiating his funeral, it was so cool. It was beautiful to have so many people and seeing a man that God used in powerful ways. And a lot of us know Grandpa Havens, and we've journeyed with him for the last, you know, six years. I think he was part of Church Project. But at 92, he gave his, his last message to us. And you can look on the podcast. It's pretty cool. At 92, the, the love that comes out of his heart. And I had the ability to do his funeral yesterday, which was incredible. Or we, funeral's not the right word. What do we call it? memorial of life celebration, something like that. Like, you get it. But I, a few months before uh, Grandpa passed away, I, was, I would meet with Grandpa pretty much every week, and he would pray for me and give me insight and pray over all of you. And I just happened to be prompted by the Holy Spirit to record a conversation we were having where I grabbed Grandpa's hand, and he began to pray. And so welcome to a very intimate time between Grandpa and I, and you'll see that at the beginning, but it turns into an intimate time between a man who's giving a blessing over a body called Church Project, which is super cool. And so Grandpa speaks from the grave today to every one of us, but make no mistake about it, he's just a jar of clay. Who's speaking? The Holy Spirit to us today. Let's just listen to Grandpa real quick. I want to pray that you'll be with him and his family, Father. I pray that uh, uh, you'll continue to meet their needs. I pray that you'll continue to use them to bring praise and honor and glory to you as they live their lives for that purpose. And I want to pray for Church Project. Father, I just uh, am so blessed to to watch that ministry grow and develop. And I pray that uh, you hope everyone involved to be sensitive to the fact that they haven't reached the end of it. There's still a process that they need to be involved in. There's still more that you have for them to do. And that when the time comes, you'll direct, it in, direct them in it. So give them the strength and the wisdom they need to be able to fulfill that in Jesus' name. Mm. So good. May that be our prayer to every relationship that we have in life. That we ourselves are finishing well. We're focused on God every day. We're aligning ourselves to his lordship. Make me more like you, God, because I really messed up today. I need your grace and love.
But at the same time, we're looking at every relationship we have and saying, God, spur them on to love and good deed and let it be your Holy Spirit moving in us. And I just got to tell you, church, that if we're doing that, this room's not going to be able to hold all the people that God's bringing to church project, which makes me to my next point. This is just one stepping stone of church project. House church is the essence of church project. We took a break from house church in July. Today we're having a celebration to kind of kick off house churches again. I do know this. You have got to be intimately involved in relationships, physical relationships of people that are looking at God and trying their best to show his love to you walking with you through the hard things and the good things, the only place that's going to happen is at our house church level. Because already, this is too big to really have great relationships. So I want to encourage you, move your schedule, do whatever you need to do for this season to get involved into a house church and to commit and to share your life with other people because I promise you, you will grow immensely because of those relationships at loving God and loving others. And so if you're a house church pastor, I'm so excited to announce, we've been praying and you've been praying, God, who do you have for this next season, this next season to lead us? And we have six house churches we're doing this year. Six. And so if you're a house church pastor, if you would, just stand up, and we'll, we'll, we'll do more in the next couple of weeks, but just stand up if you're a house church pastor in this place. Yeah, very good, very good. Yep. Excellent. And not everyone's here, okay? You guys can go ahead and sit down. Not everyone's here. I totally get it, but we have six. Here in the next couple weeks, we're going to do a formal, like, get to know our house churches, our house church pastors, and then all of us, like, try to find one to get involved in, and so we'll know that. But I want you to begin to pray and continue to pray, and if you're not involved in a house church, I would really encourage you, like, what do you need to do to move your schedule around or whatever you need to do? There are varying nights, whatever it may be, but we need each other, right? And we need the Holy Spirit guiding us. So I kind of want to end with this. If you would, maybe just reflect. Maybe just close your eyes and receive whatever God's showing you. God, I believe you say, when you say who you are, I believe that, God. God, I believe you love how you say you love. And God, I receive when you say you're proud of me regardless of my actions. I want to look more like you today. And I want to come under your lordship. Please show me areas in my life where I think I'm in control. And help me realize that your Holy Spirit guiding me and prompting me, teaching me and loving me, encouraging me, rebuking me. What an honor it is to be your witness and to witness your powerful work in the lives of others and in our lives. What an honor. 
And God, I pray for Church Project at whole as we sit here right now that you would continue to teach us and prompt us and guide us. Be gracious with our hearts and minds. And I pray for any of us that are struggling with crazy things. I mean, just anxiety, maybe even guilt or shame, God, that whatever alias Satan is trying to whisper over us, that we would realize it is a false alias. And we would take up our true identity, which says we're loved, you're proud of us. We are good. And what you started in us, God, you're gonna take us to completion. We can trust you because you're a good God. So please meet each and every one of us at that place and show us who you are and who we are in you. And all of God's people say amen.